and honesty. Those are the only two qualities we seek in a company when we have to spend our hard-earned money for service, air conditioning and plumbing service especially. I'm Sean Clench, the host of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast, and the fine American gentlemen at Honest AC and Plumbing, well, they fit that mold. It's in their name. Veteran-owned, and they are truly locally owned. Give the team of Honest a call on the number on your screen. Honest AC and Plumbing, where a handshake still means something. One, two. This ball hammered into left field with some carry. Back to the wall. Get out of town. First homer of his career. First hit of his career. Well, hearts, move over Adrian Alanis. We got a bigger, better, more talented up-and-coming star sensation from Sinton, Texas. I I I need to tap the brakes on that. I don't know if he's in Alanis' company yet, but I was going to say, man, you just anointing this kid already, man. He had a good game, man. He ain't had a good career yet, but yeah, that's uh, that's interesting when you start to think about it. And you know, I've been saying it for for a while now. We got to watch this team play a little bit. We got to let them grow up. They got to have their hard knocks, so to speak, yeah. and and get out there and deal with the lumps as they come. But it's baseball. There's going to be some up and downs. You're going to see some good teams. You're going to see some bad teams. I'm fortunate enough that I've seen a lot of teams across the Big 12 so far early this year. Mm-hmm. And I still believe that Texas is still in a good spot. We'll see how it all shakes out. I'm not saying that I predict them to win the Big 12 conference, but I think they're going to compete and they're going to compete hard. Yeah, this is a, a team that I think I know this is only the second installment of our um episode here of uh on the deck on deck at the dish with the my cards and it, it, we knew going into the season with 19 new faces new to, two new key additions to the coaching staff you're going to have it's the story of life you're going to have transition you need to fill each other out um the one part that i think you just alluded to was the simple fact that with games with repetition there's the maturation process now we played what 13 games right now is that correct and we're in six and six and seven six and seven um and they're in the midst of a 14 game homestand which probably is perfect timing where do you see as far as what you kind of saw coming into the season and 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 i think to educate fans on Listen, tap the brakes, be patient, as we mentioned. But as far as the, if you want to call it the maturation process, is this about where you thought or think they should be 13 games in? Uh, with the un- with, with the uncertainty and what they needed to replace, they, uh, I could see that. I mean, but, you know, we can't make excuses for them. This is the <laughs> University of Texas. you got to be able to show up and show out, and this should be something that's never a rebuild. It's a reload. and. And that's how people think about it. And that's why people get frustrated with it. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. When they started to uh, come out that way where it wasn't one of the best 
forms uh, of the season up in Arlington. But you go back and look at it. I'm going to be honest with you. There were two games that I think Texas should have won in that situation. Mm -hmm. They were low-scoring games, and the game against Vanderbilt, you take away that one inning, they're still right there in it as well. So that's one thing. But the the most important part of what I've seen, you got to be able to catch it and throw it. Yeah, uh, got way too many errors, and we were spoiled. We were spoiled over the last three years when you have a Trey Faltini at shortstop, you have a Cam Williams, then Skyler Messenger over at third base. You look at what the outfield was able to do, and then of course you have uh, Zach Zubia one year, and then you had um, um, Ivan Melendez the next year. So those are some of the things that you got to look at and, and make sure that you can pick it cleanly. I think that is one of the main things that I keep wondering. All right, can we go error-free? Can we make sure that we have a clean sheet at the end of each game? And if you start stacking those things up, you're going to stack some wins as well. Well, one part of that, and I haven't – I've seen it in a subtle way, and it's going to happen, and I think you and I both agreed, even before we decided to even – produce these this series of episodes was this lineup's going to look in night and day difference from opening day to probably end of april but what subtle lineup changes have you noticed that really makes you think okay i see what coach pierce is doing in that staff or more or do you see these subtle changes as experimental well, I think it's a little bit of everything. I think you 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 hit the nail on the head. There's some subtle changes, but there's also some experimental stuff. Um, let's be honest. The main thing that they need to start worrying about is March 24th, 25th, and 26th. <laughs> and that is when conference play starts. So within these 14 games, they're already 2-0 and at the beginning of this, this home stand, uh, winning against Sam Houston, Seven to five, and then winning against uh, Mercer eleven to three on Wednesday. Now they get the Manhattan Jaspers. By the time this homestand is is up, we should know a little bit of everything about this team. We should know exactly who this team is. Now, these teams that they're playing, they don't have great RPI um, <laughs> ramifications. They're not teams that you should expect to see late into the season where you're like, oh, man, this team went crazy. They did great. I, I don't know if they had the, that type of pitching, some of the teams that you're going to see. Now, I'm not taking anything away from because it is baseball. Anything can happen, and you can take an L as easy as you can get a W. But I just sit here and I look at this team, and there's so much that they have to figure out. There's just so much of the timing. We went from watching one of the best teams – in school history offensively with all the home run numbers to now we are going to be looking at something totally different because I don't think we're going to have those home run numbers. So what does that mean? That means you got to do more hit and runs. You got to do more stealings. You got to do more bunting. You have to create offense with this team as, as instead of sitting around waiting for the big fly. And it, and that's what Texas baseball, the foundation is. If people need to, uh, if you're new to following the college baseball or this program, manufacturing runs is Texas baseball. Yes. That's what, it, in my opinion, just uh, historically speaking. Um, before we pull up the stats today, got to give a shout out to Honest AC and Plumbing and Hargrove Roofing, two of the best uh, 
really good slogans here. Honest Ace Eaton Plumbing, um, where a handshake still means something, of course. Hargrove Roofing, they're on the right. Uh, know who's on your roof. I mean, that could apply to life. You got to know who's in your house, who's on your roof. Man, just know them. But Hargrove, yeah. you, you know who's doing that work on your house. So I'm going to pull up uh, the stats to date, so to speak, that I think are key to what Harge really referenced to really put everything into perspective, so to speak. And there's a, some eye-opening stats that I, I don't want to press the urgency button, but you've got to really consider this. And it's the 16 errors mm -hmm. to date. Yep. Um, and we mentioned they've, they've recovered or above 500 since Arlington. But the batting average and the 16 errors, I mean, through 13 games, it'll fluctuate. Mm -hmm. But what's from what your knowledge is, what should that number be through 13 games? I mean, that's over one error per game. No doubt. No doubt. I, I It should definitely be cut in half, and maybe you take a little bit more off of that. I mean, you know as well as I do, the worst column in sports is unearned runs. That oh. means that you did not do what you were supposed to do behind your pitching staff. And, and that's a frustrating one. I look at them all the time and I'm it, it, a lot of the errors that I've seen, they can be fixed because they're not just dropping balls. Some of them are throwing errors. They're rushing themselves to make these plays. So there's, there's some things that are easily able to be fixed, but it's that rhythm. Once you start playing good defense, it's contagious. Everybody starts finding it. Everybody starts balling out. Everybody starts having a good time. And you want to one-up each other to make plays. That's that's how I rolled. If my shortstop made a great play, I'm telling them I'm making the next great play. So there, there are so many different things that you can challenge yourself with as a team and as, as middle infielders on the corners. Let's just see who can play better today. Let's yeah. challenge each other. Don't worry about what's on the other side. If a ball's hit to you, make the play. Um, I deal with they're dealing with a lot of youth too on the corners and the speed of the game and the speed of the game is different for a lot of kids and they are needing to pick that up and understand that it will happen. But to your point, the errors have to be cut in half. Yeah, that's I think the hitting is is the same situation. The more repetitions they see uh, this level of pitching, however, you know, with Manhattan Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, North Dakota State. See, they're gonna they're getting a lot of reps, and I and I think David and I know during spring break they try to play more games, but the reps are there. But that New Orleans program, I think that's a level up in competition next weekend. I mean, historically, UNO has been a good program. Um, do you think there's a chance a week from this weekend that? some light bulb moments will start happening for some of these players with that weekend series. I absolutely believe so. I think there has been some light bulb moments already starting to happen with a lot of these guys. I mean, you look at the top of the lineup and I'm just going to talk offensively right now. Yeah. You have older guys like Eric Kennedy, Dylan Campbell and Porter Brown. And then you got Gilmette, the kid from USC that's come in, who's an older player as well. 
Those are your leaders at the top of the lineup. So they are the ones that need to be the table setters. They're supposed to make it easier for the younger players. And what I mean by that, taking a lot of pitches, putting pressure on the opponent, drag bunting what Eric Kennedy used to do. I haven't seen him bunt that many times this year. Uh, I think we'll see that a little bit this weekend. Um, Dylan Campbell putting the ball in play, not looking for the home runs, but being a more consistent approach at the plate. All we heard the entire time was how great his offseason was, and it probably was, and he probably did put a lot of pressure on himself. Well, at this point, just relax. He got three hits the other night. I expect him to get uh, a lot more this weekend, but it goes back to being consistent. And then for some of the younger players, they have to be patient. And when I say that, when I say patient, because you'll hear me on a broadcast, like I want them to be aggressive at the plate. I want them to be aggressive because that that will help them get comfortable as well. If they're sitting up there taking pitches, that's going to put pressure on them. So when I say they need to be patient, what I mean by that is they need to be patient for a pitch that's up, not chasing balls that are down in a way that are spinning away from me early in the count. If you're early in the count and you get a fastball, I mean, by all means, try to knock down that left or right center field wall every single chance you get. But don't chase things out of the zone early in the count. Discipline at the plate. That is so key. Um, I got to show something that I thought was, you know, that Zeke and Zonk, Keith Moreland and Greg Sumdale, they're two of the best broadcasters to ever do it. For sure. As far especially for baseball. But when they spotted a fan on Longhorn Network, and this I, I thought maybe it was pups at the park day when I because I, I couldn't go to the game. And they did a great job. But I tell you what, if there's anything that baseball players could uh take a lesson from this dog, I mean, dialed in into the game, pitch by pitch, that's the type of focus. You 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 want to mimic what that dog brought to the table that night. The dog was thinking, I'm waiting for them to throw it so I can go chase it. That's what he was looking at. He was looking for his opportunity to go chase down that baseball. It's like, okay, when is he going to let me go get it? When is he going to let me go get it? Uh, Kibbles and bits. Kibbles and bits. <laughs> I love it. And uh, I, I still, I'll be honest with you, I didn't I didn't find the backstory about that man and the dog. But I, it's just another beautiful reason to watch these broadcasts when you when they're on Longhorn Network because they do exactly. a great job um, with it. Now, with life, with finer moments, um, and this is a, a hard one because it, it's a guy who uh, is no longer with us and a guy who is one of the best to ever play, especially first base for the Longhorns. And it's a guy that you and I are connected to simply because this is – we're Austin area guys, and the uh, Jeff Onaveros, Round Rock, Texas, I believe, won a state championship with that program and won a national title with Texas. They called him Big Tex, and I happened to be in San Angelo when that news broke, Harge, and got the text, and I didn't know anything about it. And then I dove deeper into it, had to have a kidney transplant, and I believe his wife donated one of her kidneys, and unfortunately his body went through rejection rejected the kidney and our prayers go out but i think this would mean more coming from hards because i know you're older than jeff but you knew about the onaveros family and what can you tell 
people watching this episode what he not only meant to the area in baseball, but Round Rock and UT history. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of uh, friends of mine that are are hurting today because they grew up with them, went to school with them, hang out with them, play golf, go fishing, do all kinds of things, coached with him as well. And and the stories that always come out at this time but was always about how he had a big heart and how he was always caring about his friends and always really wanted the best for everybody. And to touch on the baseball aspect of it, you're right. I mean, he was the first first baseman to really put up some big numbers at the dish and really drive the baseball out of the park at, over there. So and for him to get the College World Series, and I remember him getting the ball at first base and then tucking it in his back pocket so nobody else could get it. He didn't want to give it to anybody else. So it was it was it's a tough time for for uh, everybody that's involved with the Longhorn family. It's a tough time for the Ontiveros family, to to say the least. Uh, just prayers for everyone. And, and hopefully they can uh, understand that he, he did everything he possibly could. And for his wife to be able to donate the kidney. And unfortunately, it didn't didn't take. It's a it's a tough one. It's a tough one to understand. And I hope there's some peace in that situation, especially for her and their mm -hmm. children. Yep. Knowing that this has nothing to do with her, she she gave she did give a pretty much an ultimate ultimate sacrifice for her husband's life. And yeah, it, it, and the coach Carter and that program in Round Rock, um, we're sending our love, thoughts, and 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 positivity in any way possible. Um, this tough. There's been a lot of loss lately. Yeah, around that Longhorn family, yeah. Oh, my God. We're going to try to uplift it before we wrap things up. And, you know, there's a thing we do on these episodes, and we're going to continue it. I try to find a short one because I kind of want to get an insight on um, what Harge was like in the clubhouse when he played baseball. I, I have a feeling it has something similar like this particular TikTok video. Hey, 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 hey. Let's be real with each other. You know, baseball's good about rain delay dances, clubhouse antics. Is there anything that you can share that uh, you can disclose that doesn't incriminate anybody in, in your clubhouse days that was similar to that? Because baseball, man, it is players are it's a long game and it's a long week. You got you got to you got to let it out sometimes like that in the clubhouse. Oh, no doubt about it. We we've, we've that's one hundred percent have I've seen that happen and I have been a part of that one one hundred percent. Yeah, baseball. We're we're around each other so much, and we travel together, and we're pretty much brothers. Um, yeah, we see our we see each other more than we saw our families because of the road trips and the times that we're gone. So yeah, it it, it was always like, what can we do to take an edge off? What can we do to have some fun? And uh, the problem is every day, starting pitcher would have music. Right. So we would have our music going, whoever got there first and everybody would have the music going. But if the starting pitcher comes in and he wanted his music to play throughout, 
then you would have to adjust accordingly. Uh, there will be sometimes guys will come in and just play some of the craziest stuff. Now I say that, but they may have thought my music was crazy or some of our <laughs> other music in there that was crazy. So we would go from country to techno to Dominican music to Caribbean. I mean, we would have all kinds of stuff going on. That's why you got to get there early, get the early work so you can control the music. But batting practice, we all had the same music. But, yes, I was part of a lot of those clubhouses where there was a lot of partying going on, especially when my team, we won 100 games one year. So there was a lot of fun being had that season. Yeah, that, that, the stories of that. And that's – if you help me refresh my memory, there's a book about that team you played in the uh, minor league system. What's that book called? That's right, the winning championships. And it's uh, – um, a year with the Harrisburg Senators and Adam Linkler, who was a uh, uh, journalist for the Harrisburg paper there, followed us everywhere we went. And, and there was so much talent on that team. So he just relived it and kind of let everybody know what it was like to party with the rock stars. Cause that's what we were. That's what we were like. I remember going to new Britain, Connecticut and Chris, Berman coming to our game as we were playing the New Britain Red Sox because wow. he heard about our squad and and he came into the locker room and talked to us. Dickie V, when I was in rookie ball, came to our game and gave out a basketball for the player that played the best. And uh, I was mad I didn't get it. I was mad I didn't get it. My boy Javier got it. Javier Pages, he was a catcher. He had a good game that day. And Dickie V, baby, came in and let him know he was the best. <laughs> <laughs> special moments man and there's yeah. a, <clears throat> that's the one thing a beauty about baseball uh it is truly a, a part of americans america fabric you know america's fabric and, no doubt man it's unbelievable hey i just want to give a cross promotion simply because our our, our podcast here stories inside the man caves are among the the list of family a podcast on 1049 the horn so what can those listening from three to seven today on 1049 the horn you and your brother and your teammates rod babers what do you guys got coming up on the show friday today well today is a, a busy day obviously because uh basketball texas basketball got a big win um last night up in kansas city they play again tonight so we're really going to be pushing that narrative texas baseball will be at home against the manhattan jaspers the ladies and Vic Schaefer, they play today as well. So there's a lot. And, of course, football never sleeps around here. No. Talk about Texas football, the workouts, the spring workouts, how who's showing up and who's showing out and who needs to step it up. So there are so many different things. I will be on the call uh, for the Texas Longhorn baseball game tonight, me and Roger Wallace, because uh, Craig Way is up in yeah. – in Manhattan, I mean, not Manhattan. That's the team that they're going to play. KC. There, he's in KC getting some of that good barbecue right now. <laughs> hey, I, I hate saying this, but I, I, uh, when I was covering Big 12 basketball, especially in Oklahoma City, because it was a short drive, KC barbecue, severely underrated. Yeah. And severely underrated town, too. A lot of fun up there. Yep. Yeah, a lot of fun. Hey, my brother, I appreciate you, man. Always good insight, and it's going to be fun to watch this team, good or bad, to see how they develop. I think there's going to be some good coming up. I really do. Hey, man, if the homies need you, 
You got to get wins. That's all they need, baby. All that matters. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Hey, for everybody, appreciate you watching every episode. And, and, I, and I know there's some fans of hards, but don't blow his head up too much. He doesn't need <laughs> any more. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, give him all the love that you can. No more. No more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and for the OG Man Cave boys, that being Big Mike and Coach Mo, what do we do? Hards to close things out. We out.